listening to the First Step Podcast with your host, Jalisa Jun. A new episode starts right now. I invited Cassia Marina to chat with me because the topic we're about to dive into is one which she and I talk about constantly. White girl energy is a phrase we sort of coined together and we use it to like encourage each other from time to time. And so today we want to kind of explain this whole thing and discuss how it relates to business and self-esteem. But before we do that, I'd like to read a review sent in by Indy Consulting on Instagram. Now, Indy listened to episode number 25, Put Some Respect on Your Name, where I spoke about pricing and the factors to consider when setting your prices. And so, listen to what she had to say. She said, girl, that episode should be a workshop for some people. You are so smart. This episode reminded me of a few things I had forgotten. And I want to say thanks so much to Indy for taking the time to send me that review. I truly appreciate it. As for all of you listening, now would be a great time to send me your own review, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You can write a review directly from the app, telling me what lessons you've learned from TFS thus far. And so without further ado, Let's dive in to episode number 27, White Girl Energy. Hey, Cassia. Welcome to the First Step Podcast again. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited, as you already know. (laughs) Now, I know this is not the first time you've been a guest on this podcast. In fact, the first time you were here was back in May of 2019, because I just checked, for episode number 13 to discuss websites. Do you remember that? Of course. Yeah, so I'm so happy to have you back. And for those of you listening who may not know, Cassia and I are actually business besties. We've worked on several projects and events together and we talk to each other almost every day. And when we talk, it's always about business. Strictly. (laughs) Right, Cass? Yes. So one of the things we always talk about is white girl energy. And it's a phrase that comes up in our convos quite often and for various reasons. Now, just to give you guys a little more context. Cassia and I are both black women. Albe, she has a lighter complexion than me, but we're both black. Mm -hmm. And as black women in business, one of the things we've experienced is the lack of equality between us and white women. Now, it's no secret that white people on the whole have their privileges. And so when it comes to business, The color of their skin gives them a major disadvantage. And it's something we feel like no one can disagree on. Because if we look at, let's say, Kylie Jenner coming out with a makeup line versus Mm -hmm. another black woman coming out with a makeup line. And Cassie and I were talking about this before. It's like people are quick to support Kylie Jenner, but the black woman coming out with a makeup line, she will receive a lot of backlash, right? Yeah. And so they and their privileges, like we said, they have their advantages. And as a black woman in business, it's like we have a disadvantage 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, white women have an easier time garnering support, growing a yeah. following on Instagram. Like, I know people who, let's say, in the same field as Cassie and I, they would start an Instagram yesterday. And yeah. by next week, they have 10,000 followers just because they're white, right? Yeah. Uh, and you know, have... the thing is, it's like it's, people don't realize, like, it's not just because, because some, somebody might be listening and thinking, well, no, we didn't just follow them because they're white. No, it's human behavior. It's subconscious that we just gravitate to what has white appeal. Definitely. Definitely. And we just don't pay attention to the black counterparts in this space as much. Yeah, and it's not just white people who support white people. It's black people who support white people as well, mm-hmm. over black people. And so we find that for white women, it's a lot easier when it comes to business for them to get like funding even or attracting customers. Yeah. And so Cassie and I both notice how much easier it is for the white woman to succeed right we feel like compared to black women it takes a longer time and it almost seems like white women can run their business so effortlessly you know yeah because they have all these advantages and um they have this unconscious bravado now the reason i'm saying unconscious bravado is because again of white privilege white women do not realize that they have this privilege, right? White people on the whole don't realize they have privilege. Like, yeah. we all know that with everything that's happening in the world. They're they're clueless to it. And so what happens is it manifests itself as confidence in their lives. So because they know things are, like, easier for them, they naturally they have... Confident. Yeah, they naturally feel capable and confident and probably don't have these doubts that we tend to face within ourselves yes yes so it's like they have an unmatched level of self-esteem compared to us because they're confident when it comes to setting higher prices they're confident when it comes to launching new products they're confident when it comes to putting themselves out there and Mm. yes we know self-confidence is something that each of us like varies it varies within each of us but if we look at our white counterparts it seems like it's more natural for them to just come on social media and say, you know, hire me for $5,000. <laughs> I have a new product launching. And with black people, it's kind of like... We have so much We have so much deep-rooted trauma to deal with for so many different reasons. And we always feel like we need more of something to validate ourselves. Or we always feel like, nah, I can't charge that much. I need to do this first and then... At that milestone, I'll raise it again. And then at another milestone, I'll raise it again. But we don't have this innate um, a feeling like, how to put it? It's like, I don't want it to sound bad, but it's like with white people, we feel we can just come on someone's land and take it, right? So it's kind of like that same thing in business. Like, well, yeah, I feel like I can charge this. Why not? You know, whereas with black people, we don't have that same way about us where we feel like, well, yeah, I could show up and just charge $5,000 for my, my thing or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think with Black people, it's always like we feel like we're not qualified enough 
Yeah. So we tell ourselves, let's say, if if a white woman is charging five thousand dollars for something, we can offer it at not we can offer it, but let's just say we're we're in the same business, right? Hmm. And with black people, it's like, wait, I can't charge people five thousand dollars because I'm not qualified enough. I don't have enough experience. But the white woman is just like, you know what? I know my value. I know my <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so- it's about value for them, which I admire and I love because I mean, a lot of my friends and colleagues in the online space are white, and I I associate myself with them. I'll be completely honest because they don't have a lot of these deep-rooted issues that black people have you know and I feel like when I'm around them I can do anything I can conquer anything and I actually admire them so I don't say this from a way to put down white people at all but it's really to call it for what it is and I wish we felt more as a community more empowered felt more empowered that we can do the same and that we could cut our um counterparts black counterparts some slack because as as you rightfully said earlier kylie comes out with something and you know we don't question it we might make fun of it and then still buy it but then the black person kind of skeptical like where she got that from how she gets on her product you know if that's good is it tested on animals i don't know you know like we we would support our black people only when they've had a certain level of success like we always have to prove ourselves first to our own people before they just jump on and be like hey i like that product that's cool let me check it out and see if that's something for me like why don't you decide for yourself if this is good than waiting till months or years down the line to see if they've proven themselves and if the product has any any success yeah i totally agree and back to what you were saying about empowerment now this is the reason why Cassiana used the term white girl energy because she and I, we're both women in business. We own our own business. And sometimes we have conversations with each other. Let's just say one of us is launching a new product <laughs> and, <laughs> and we, we want advice on how to price that product. So let's just say I'm launching something and I go to Cassia and I'm like, Cassia, I'm launching XYZ. And I'm thinking about pricing it for $100. And she'll be like, girl, are you crazy? (laughs) Are you crazy? People would pay $1,000 for this. Right. And so we use the term white girl energy with each other to kind of like say, listen, if you were a white woman, not saying we want to be white women or we have like, like we don't like the color of our skins or, or anything like that. It has nothing to do with that. What we're saying is, when we're telling each other to have white girl energy, it means that we're basically saying, pretend you had no limits. Mm-hmm. Like, pretend you, you, you had a lot of support. Pretend when you put out this product, it's going to be received well. How much would like, you charge? Pretend. Yeah. Like, put some respect on your name in a sense, but also know your worth. Um, a lot of... You know what I mean? Yeah. Um something just came to me and it's what we spoke about this before some of the challenges that we have in business and people try us so much (laughs) people try all sorts of things and it's like you know if i was white they would just fall in line 
They wouldn't try yeah. to push my process. They wouldn't try to beat around the push. Like if I tell you this is the process, why are you trying to go around the bushes, up the mountain, and do everything else that isn't my process? You just either say you're in or you're out. Like we know not to play with people who have who are white or have white appeal. You know, because there yeah. are people who aren't exactly white, but they have white appeal. They have fairer skin and they don't have nappy hair. And they have that smoother, softer hair. And they look like they're mixed with something exotic, but they're not quite, they're not black, but they're not exactly white, but they have white appeal. And those people have noticed, people don't play with them. And it's like, why? But we have no respect for people who are like us. Yeah. You know, as you were saying that, it made me remember something. Um, there's a picture that you and I took in Starbucks. And on very rare occasions, I let my hair out, right? Yeah. Now, I have curly hair. And the thing is, when I meet people for the first time, they're always like, you know what? I saw that picture and that picture intrigued me. And they always mention somehow that, you know, I saw you in that picture with Cassia and I was like, who's this girl with curly hair? And when you said that thing just now, it made me realize, you know, well, why, why, why do they have to mention the fact that I have curly <laughs> hair? Like, yeah. that's the first thing they notice. You know what I yeah. mean? Is it that the curly hair made me more desirable, made me more interesting that they then clicked over to my profile because they saw I had curly hair? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like the way we, we, we look at people who have straight hair or who are mixed with white. We're like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Let's see what this person is about. All of a sudden, we're that much more interested. And it takes me back to secondary school when I had relaxed hair. Um, and guys would be like, you know what? I'm into girls that have curly hair. So I remember like I had a lot of guy friends. And they would be like, you know what? I like girls with curly hair. And they would be going on and on and on about curly hair. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So when I left secondary school, I remember one of my friends messaged me. And at that point in time, my friends, all of us, we were going back natural. Mm -hmm. And so she went out and she had her curly hair. And one of the guys, he was like, oh, my God, you have curly hair? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, but Jaleesa's hair is way more curlier than mine's. So she told me, he was like, what? Oh, my God. You yeah. know? So she came home and she was telling me this. And I was like, wow. I why mean, does this matter? People, yeah. Why Why? Why does the texture of my hair have to matter? Why does the color of my skin have to matter? And not only that, many times people ask me, you know, they say, wow, you have such amazing content. You should have, like, thousands of followers. Why don't you have thousands of followers? And I mean, I don't know, but... The first thing for me to think about is the color of my skin. Because I'm like, it's so much easier for people who have lighter complexions to get thousands of followers. You know yeah. what I mean? On Instagram, if you look at the disparity between white fashion bloggers and black fashion mm. bloggers, you find that a lot of white bloggers, influencers, they have millions of followers. But yet, the black counterparts only have a couple thousand why is that? Yeah. You know, why is that? It's because white people and black people 
are more attracted mm. to anything white. You mm-hmm. know how they say when it's white, it's white. Yeah. And I mean, especially yeah, too, it's... like in Trinidad, like this is a conversation that applies globally, but specifically, I want to address Trinidad because. Hey guys, Julissa here, just cutting in this episode to let you know that the First Step Podcast is now on Instagram. So you can follow us at the First Step Podcast on IG. Now let's get back into this episode. So when I used to work in the agency, you would find that certain people got certain jobs much easier than people who were black or had like me, like I'm light, but I'm black still, right? And we would have like a hard time climbing the ladder. You can't dream of being an art director in a big time agency because everybody was either Chinese or Venezuelan, um, soft curly hair type of um, aesthetic, right? And very high colored um, or white, you know, straight up your local white. And that's how it is in the advertising industry, especially in Trinidad. And if anybody tries to tell you otherwise, they are lying. Those who know and worked in the industry, that is what happens. And that is when I saw Trinidad and Tobago's colonial mindset bright as day and i don't think the average person realizes it unless you have to work in certain spaces so we definitely do have a lot of privilege happening in trinidad um people think it's it's more like a race thing of african versus indian but no that white people aspect is there and i don't know if we're going to talk about this as well but this also boils down to the fact that as a independent contractor, we could only access jobs in certain spaces, right? I'm not going to call any names. I'm just going to say the Syrians, like they keep all of the work within their people and their family members. And it doesn't matter how great of a content creator Jalisa is, they am going to give it to their friends. And we were told that straight it's up, so sad. like real talk. We were told that. Straight oh up. yes, we yes. yes. Someone actually did tell mm-hmm. us that. Yeah, you know, right now, if you're listening to this podcast in the future, <laughs> right now, in 2020, what month are we in? Are we in? Are we in May? Right, we're in May, and this guy by the name of George Floyd. Mm-hmm from Minneapolis in the United States was murdered by police officers, by white police officers. And so you have a global outrage happening because of of his Uh death, right? And to add to the point of what you're saying about Trinidad, we have a lot of people in Trinidad paying tribute to George Floyd on social media. And I was just on Instagram and I was looking at some of the people who were posting up rest in peace, George Floyd, you know, racism, this racism, that. And I'm like, some of these people, right, they're like designers for carnival bands or they they do swimwear or they're designers, Mm. they're artists and things like that. And when they come out with a collection, you don't ever see any black women as models. Mm. So I'm like, I'm looking at them kind of sideways because here they are 
on this bandwagon of rest in peace George Floyd paying tribute, but yet when you do things locally in Trinidad, you exclude black women. You purposely have models that are white or have that white appeal like Cassia says. You know, you have that high color East Indian or you have flat out white girls, Caucasian girls, right? So how can you then talk about racism when your own business does not reflect equality? You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally know what you mean. I have a hard time resonating with people who jump on bandwagons and are quick to give tributes and speak about anything that's happening in the, in America or in the UK or anything like that when it comes to racism. When right here in Trinidad and Tobago, our own people are racist against each other. Yeah. Right? You don't see black women on TV that much in Trinidad, like our news anchors. They tend to be East Indians. Mm-hmm. Right? And when we say white girl energy, we're not only talking about yeah. white people. I'm being very, very clear. I mean, once you're not black, you're 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 desirable. Yeah. 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 Right? Anything but That's, black is I have to describe exactly what I mean by you're either white or have white appeal. Where you can have the same complexion that as I do or lighter. But you have the features of a white person, like your hair is soft, almost to straight, naturally. Yeah. Or wavy. Yeah. It has to like be wavy and above. And once your hair is like that texture and you live in the West, you you it's like you get that white appeal. But oh, tell people you're from South. Yeah. It's a different story, right? <laughs> um, this other thing is I had a conversation with someone who has white appeal. And she told me her best customers come from South. And I was like, oh, really? Well, I don't have that experience because they give me the hardest time and are always cheap. And my fellow black person, right, she's actually the same complexion as you. And she was like, Gil, you have to know your environment. Don't charge so high. I know South people, they're a little bit disgusting, but... <laughs> and this is the real truth and it's like yeah that's just how it is and it's like why is that how it is why do we you have see, to accept wait, that have... yeah our own that, people supposed to support us more this is totally different this is totally different to the types the type of conversations you and i have so okay i want people to understand what we're really mm-hmm. saying here right so another black person will tell you girl you gotta humble yourself <laughs> Girl, you can't charge people so much. Girl, who do you mm-hmm. think you are? Right? And then when Cassia and I talk, it's totally different. It's like, girl, do you know who <laughs> you are? Do you know how talented you yeah. are? Yeah, speak life you know into I mean? each and other. that is what we mean. Yes, that is what we mean by white girl energy. We speak life into each other. We don't speak to each other the way typical black people speak to each other. Right? Black people have this way when, when 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 we're talking about business, it's like we're almost trying to keep everyone at the same level. Mm. We're always trying to be realistic. <laughs> we're always trying to be humble. We're always trying to, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> but you guys get what I'm saying. I need right? to we're always trying No, go ahead. Okay. I mean, <laughs> you can go ahead. No, I wanna like, quote I was just saying I wanna always... quote Maya Elias, right? Feel free to go and check her out, those of you who are listening. But 
this is one of the things that I, I, I love Maya for. She's one of the, and I don't know if there are other people, but she's one of the few people that I follow who speak a life of abundance that is black, right? And she says, like, it's a sin. In her, I'm paraphrasing here, right? If I am obedient to God and I am following my path and sharing my talents with the world, I'm supposed to be living well. I'm supposed to be paying my bills on time. And these things shouldn't be a problem. So now I can bless other people. And that's bringing me to another point that I talked about with Jalisa that irritates me about the local space is that we're always trying to do things for people for free. But how are we to empower our community when we don't even have the resources to do so? We are supposed to want more abundance, want more wealth, right? Um, actually, there was a book that says, if you are only trying to feed yourself, you're selfish. Which means if you think you need $5,000 to live, then you actually need five times of that because you, it's not until you are making that amount that you could bless other people in your community. You can bless your family, you can bless whoever else, but it's not just for your family alone because we are supposed to help others. The reason why Oprah can give and say, a car for you and a car for you and this for you and that for you because she has the money to do it. So instead of sitting down and be like, woe is me, I don't have that money, she could do it because she has, how about we empower ourselves to have so that we can, as they say, overflow into the lives of others, right? We can't uplift our community just doing things for free because things cost money. And not just for free, but doing things at the bare minimum. So, yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. And it's one of those things where we can't change culture. Like, I want people to realize this, right? With all the protests and all the marches and all the, the international day of this one and that one, right? You can't change culture because to change culture will be to try and change our human nature that is so deeply engraved in us already. But what you can change is yeah. your mindset. So the whole purpose of this episode is to help you guys realize how much you need to change your mindset. And to change your mindset, you have to change your mm -hmm. environment. You have to change the people you're, you're surrounded with, right? You have to change the voices you're listening to. Um, we're not telling you go out and find <laughs> friends, but we're just saying let your conversations channel that those type of conversations white people have. I know Cassia listens to a lot of podcasts with mm -hmm. white women or done by white women. She follows a lot of white girls on, on Instagram and so that is a way of her surrounding herself with that positive confidence I can do anything type of energy that we all need yeah. right and another point I want to make is that I feel like social media leveled the playing field when it when it comes to business right so social media is not a person social media mm -hmm. is just a thing and before social media, to start a business, of course, you had to have funding. You had to know the right people. You had to be the right skin color, all that type of thing, right? 
But with social media, it's easier now to, to start a business. But you don't that have doesn't challenges mean still. it's going to be easier. Exactly. It's, it's, that doesn't mean you're not going to have challenges. we still get the biases from our own community and our own people and our own audiences. And we see it every day. Yeah. And so your mindset has to be strong. You have to have thick skin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to be so boldly confident that when it comes to setting your prices or putting yourself out there, or let me give you guys an example. So Cassie and I have gone to like several events together. And sometimes I feel like people at the event are looking at me like, oh my God, what is she doing here? You know what I mean? And I feel kind of uncomfortable because... A lot of the people there are like red or have this white okay. appeal, <laughs> right? And I know Cassia is like totally comfortable. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, this black girl. And then I have to remind myself, you know what? Like that. I deserve to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that moment, I have to like put on my white girl energy and be like, listen, I have every right to be here like all these other people in the room, you know? It's the same thing when you show up on social media, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, whatever you use. You have to be confident in who mm-hmm. you are. You have to be confident in what you are offering. You have to be confident in the price yeah. that you set. Do not disappoint I like that you said like people. in the price like, that you set. Not pricing. Like you set this now. Don't discount. Yeah. Don't backtrack on yourself. Don't say, well, I will. No. You have to be fully confident and no. channel that white girl energy because they just say it point blank. Don't discount yourself. I feel like look at the Tiffany example. I think Tiffany sells like a paper clip for a couple hundred dollars or a thousand mm-hmm. US or something like that. You know, if a black person was selling these that, people are out of their mind. It's worth a thousand dollars, but. I'll give you it for a hundred. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We gotta stop yeah. that shit. I want you to make it I want you to Please bring up the point you made when we talked about this with Rihanna. Like Rihanna is out there doing the thing and she's not trying to discount herself and and she is able to give back to her community because she has such a boss ass mindset. Yeah, you find that I find that people who, like I said, they they're around the right circle. So you see, like she was mm-hmm. mentored by Jay Z, and Jay Z only fucks with <laughs> white people. Have you ever seen that picture with Jay Z, um, in a room? I think it was like a what do you call it, like a ballroom or something? Not a ballroom, right? A boardroom. Oh my god. I like I'm such a, an airhead like a white girl. He was in mm-hmm. a boardroom with only white businessmen. Like that's the kind of people yeah. he surrounds himself with. And, and I'm saying this to say when you surround yourself with those type of people, you move different mm-hmm. as a black person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You think differently about things. So Rihanna being mentored by Jay-Z from like since she was 17 years old. That's the reason she's it's also, such a badass businesswoman. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Because she's to what circle. we're saying here that you have to surround yourself 
like-minded people who are either either they're white or they have like that white mindset or you're listening to the podcast because I hear things on those podcasts not because I'm biased but I hear things on that those podcasts that I don't hear anywhere else yeah there are not that many people yeah, yeah, yeah. who speak business and money and mindset from a place of abundance. And that's why I listen to those podcasts. And if it's not about money and your mindset, it's about working smarter, not harder, which is another thing we struggle with as well, where we feel we have to work hard for every dime. Look, look at this, this crazy, crazy thing. Now, this is going to blow your mind, right? Let's just look at this on Instagram. Remember I was saying, when it comes to, like, influencers and bloggers, there's this disparity. Like, a white blogger might have a million followers and a black blogger mm-hmm. might have 100,000, right? But when it comes to, like, bacchanal, <laughs> gossip, right? Those I'm flooded with pages, black people. You find millions of black people. Any type of meme account or comedian page or any type of funny type of nonsense. That's where you find the majority of black people. Why? Why, my black people? That's a very good question. Why? Because I can't answer Um, it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like Cassie and Mm -hmm. I, we're, we're different. Yes, we're black women. But our head, our heads are not where typical black people heads are. Like, we don't be no. on the shade room. Like, I can't tell you what is going on in this celebrity's life or that celebrity's life or that athlete's life because I, I don't look at those things. I look at things that feed my soul, that uplift, that give me a stronger mindset, you know, that shape me and develop me into a better individual. And that is usually where you find a lot of the white people too. White people... You usually find mm-hmm. them at workshops. You find them at conferences, at seminars, mm-hmm. at masterminds. You, you rarely see black people at these things. You see black people at parties, carnival jams, at fests. Yeah. Right? And so, white girl energy is all of that. That's what me and Cassia are trying yeah. to tap into. Right. We don't- be limited by you know what, what our mean? society tells us that we can be or we can do and we need to understand the environment and well this is an environment for me and at the end of the day we have online businesses and we are of a global mindset and i wish a lot more of our local people could see that the whole world is at our disposal because I, I find like a lot of the time we talk about mm-hmm. global business, but we, the mindset still acts as though it's just within these shores. Yeah. And like I said, it's because of culture. It's because of what we've been taught. You know, you, you tell your black family you're going to open a business. <laughs> oh, get ready. Get ready for the floodwaters. Why are you going to do that? Why you don't just go and work for somebody? I mean, that's fine. We're not saying everyone has to be an entrepreneur, but we're just saying that in the black community, starting your own business is not something we, we embrace. It's not something we talk about. So another example I'll give you is I always ask my, my grandmother and my great aunts, which are her sisters, 
they could make really good food. They can make great jams, krumas, pepper sauce, all these type of things. And I'm like, if this was a white family, I'm pretty sure this pepper sauce, this kruma, these jams would have been on grocery shelves already. Yeah, we always try to do things in a small way. And I don't think it's intentional. I think there's a lot of fear. And I guess that also boils down to that we don't speak life into each other the way we should. And we don't think big. Yep. Yeah. And then, too, we just, we don't have the right examples. So back again to Jay-Z. He didn't have anyone to look up to in that sense when it comes to business. So that's why he Mm -hmm. surrounds himself with the Jews and the white people, right? So for us as black people we have to go out there and find people who are doing the things that we want to do who are actually achieving the type of success that we want to have right and we have to seek mentorship from them right because you can only get to that level if you you know what's possible or you're surrounded by people already yeah on that, level. that is true yeah, I mean, yeah. Bef- and it's, it, environment is so important because I had joined a mastermind a couple of years ago, which was not locally based. It was foreign based. And majority, like, guess what, like 90% of the people were white or white appeal, right? They were probably Filipino or, or something like that. But I don't think there were any other black people, <laughs> to be quite honest. <laughs> actually no, there was one you. other wow. person but you get the point and after just the first week of being in the mastermind I felt like I was at home meaning that everything that I am wow. everything that I stand for every the entire way I run my business and plan to continue running my business is absolutely normal like Oh, so you guys do that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody does X, Y, and Z. Like no, like nobody could have, like, for example, nobody could have my phone number. I have a process. I this, I that, the other. And I was like, okay, I try that here, but I feel like I'm doing something wrong here. But it's like, no, it's it's just the culture where I am. So it, it lets me know too that I'm not yeah. crazy. And you have to be around like-minded people. Or else you start to believe yeah, that I totally agree. their normal is the normal. And that's necessarily true because there are other places in the world that operates on that normal too. So, Cassia, what does white girl energy really mean? <sighs> I love this question because this is going to sum up everything that we've been saying. So, essentially, white girl energy is what I like to call rich bitch energy and rich bitch energy is just a whole mindset shift where you start to operate from a place of being successful already or a place of already from a place of pricing and operating as though there were no limitations because a lot of certain things we want to do from pricing to goals to goal setting how much money we want to make per month or um, where we would like to be with our business there's so many different things that we can imagine we want to do but then for so many reasons we tell ourselves because of experiences past experiences and what our environment tells us is possible 
and we downplay ourselves. I was like, well, who would pay for that? People are always expecting this and they're always expecting that. So we price where we want to price and then we calculate all the different ways we can justify a lower price point. So Rich Bitch Energy is just essentially showing up as though you were white because this is what a white person would do or a rich bitch would act like, okay, you want me to work with you for the day? This is my, this is my cost without batting an eye. That is what rich bitch energy is. It's about being willing to have that client walk away if that pricing doesn't fit their budget because too often we're in this position where we're willing to well i could do it for you for a little bit less you know we could work something out you know um another example of rich bitch energy is from my alias herself she charges premium and you think that everything premium usually has like a two payments of or three payments i know you have to pay that in full after your application and you accept it and it frequently ask questions it's like what if i have a small budget and i can't afford the alternative is you can save for a few months and when you're ready i'll be happy to welcome you into the program and i think all of that is a mindset mindset shift because i'm sick and tired of people saying they can't afford something well that doesn't mean i need to discount it just means you need to come back later it means you need to save up it it means a whole stuff different things that you need to do to access the financing because when we want the iphone and we want the macbook pro and we want the carnival costume and we want the one day makeup course it's not a problem so i don't feel like i need to do anything more or less and have to discount to accommodate you and that is what rich bitch energy means to me <laughs> i love that and I just want to end by letting everyone know, especially if you're listening to this and you're a Black woman in business and you use social media, my best advice to you is to v- develop a healthy self-esteem. Surround yourself with a good circle. Remind yourself that you deserve to be here whenever you, you show up on social media or at an event. You are worthy what you have to say and what you have to contribute matters and you are important. Remember guys, do not discount yourself. Do not be afraid to put yourself out there. <laughs> All hail white Amen. girl energy. <laughs> so Cassia, I want to thank you so much for joining me on the First Step Podcast. And guys, if you're listening to this, please Take a screenshot, tag both Cassia and I on Instagram, and let everyone know you're listening to the First Step Podcast. You just listened to the First Step Podcast with Jalisa John. Be sure to check the show notes for links to my social media accounts, and don't forget to share this episode with your friends. Thank you.